Hello, everyone, and welcome to United Teachers of Lowell's Straight Talk podcast. We are Mickey Dumont and Amy Bisson. Each week, we host this weekly podcast produced by and for members of the United Teachers of Lowell. In our weekly podcast, you'll hear about local, state, and national issues that affect our members. You'll also hear about some of the accomplishments of our members. We will keep you up to date with news and decisions that impact all of us. One of our objectives of our podcast is to highlight the accomplishments of faculty and staff in the Lowell Public Schools. We don't always hear about the great things going on in our schools, so one of our goals is to rectify that. This week, we're lucky to be speaking with Pine Arts 7th and 8th grade social studies teacher Mike Nagel about his efforts to infuse civics education and service into the social studies curriculum. Since 2012, Mike has brought his passion and commitment to social studies and civics to Lowell's Pine Art Magnet School. This past spring, Mike's efforts were recognized by the Massachusetts Council of Social Studies when he received the 2018 Don Salvoci Award for Excellence in Promoting Civic Education. An exemplary educator, Mike's work in education has been recognized often by state and local education. In addition to excellence in teaching, Mike is the advisor for the Pine Arts Service Corps. This group of middle schoolers is committed to giving back to the Lowell community through many service projects. Since 2014, Mike has facilitated Discovering Justice's mock trial program at the Moakley Courthouse, and over the last two years, he has piloted and advised and led Lowell Schools in implementing Generation Citizen Action Civics Program. We welcome Mike to today's interview. Our first question is to ask Mike about his pathway to the Pine, how he got there, or the origins of his interest in social studies and civics were. Well, I sort of had a long and winding path to becoming a teacher. When I was younger, I, I definitely, as a high school student, had never considered a career in education. And when I was 18, I joined the Marine Corps, and that was obviously a life-changing experience for me. And it was actually in the Marines where I first started really appreciating U.S. history and learning about different figures in American history and military history. And, uh, of course, the Marines also gave me some opportunities to travel outside the U.S., and uh, that really opened my eyes to different cultures. I grew up in Malden, so, you know, a pretty diverse community. But being able to travel to other places where, you know, some of the buildings, one of my first trips was to Estonia and the Baltics. And, you know, their capital city, Tallinn, has, uh, still has walls around it. And it was just amazing to be in, in a place like that. That was the first time I experienced it. And so my experience in the Marine Corps really hooked me on history and travel and culture. So after the Marine Corps and graduating college, I still wasn't considering a career in education, but after college, I knew that I, I, I really liked to travel. So at the time, I landed my, my dream job with an international student travel company. There's quite a few of them out there, but uh, the one I worked with, I had started just before 9-11. It was a difficult time to be in that industry, but through that, I had opportunities to travel quite a bit. And so I could continue my passion for travel, but part of that was traveling with um, not just teachers who were inspiring, but also with students. So that was really my first experience or my first sets of experiences with, with students, mostly high school kids, 
mostly European trips, but we also had opportunities to travel outside of Europe. I think I was the, f I was the first one in my company to get to go on the Egypt trip. And the, uh, we had a trip to Tunisia at the time in North Africa, which uh, was just amazing to be in these places. Through my experience in the travel company, I found my real passion, which was working with kids. And so, you know, I went to school at night while I was still working there and got my teaching, my preliminary license. And, uh, and that's how I got started. Okay, Mike, that's very interesting. Quite a, a unique pathway to get here to the Pine School in Lowell. Now, the Pine Arts is a pre-K to 8 magnet school, which is a bit unique in the Lowell Public Schools. Can you talk a bit about how the curriculum in grades 7 and 8 influences some of the earlier grades? Sure. I mean, I, obviously, I can speak more to the social studies, uh, social studies side of things, but we have some really interesting opportunity to do service learning with the older students. I actually started at the Pine in uh, 2012. So we were, you know, going through the presidential election at the time that fall. The administration was very open to having a mock trial. So we sort of built a whole program around the election. We had this service learning component. So uh, during the fall of 2012, we had opportunities to do service learning. At the time, I was teaching fifth grade. And so we used the fifth graders. I worked with the fifth graders to develop this curriculum. And, you know, they had a hand in, in creating it where we went around to all the other classrooms in the school and taught about the presidential election process. We taught about the, the two candidates at the time, you know, uh, President Obama and Mitt Romney. It, it was just a great community building activity. So to see the older kids, even though, you know, there were, there were some older kids too, but uh, mostly fifth graders taking leadership roles. And even some of the fifth graders leading lessons to seventh and eighth graders was pretty wild. They were nervous about it, but they did a great job. And to have that authentic um, experience was something that I really wanted to continue. And so we just look for different opportunities to bring the older kids, now I'm doing seventh and eighth, down into the younger grades. The younger kids really appreciate it because then they have role models in the school. Again, it helps build that community. They see each other in the hallways and, and then also, it gives that real leadership opportunity to the older students. So we try to push it out that way. That authenticity piece is so important, and you really seem to make history and civics especially come alive. You have a couple of programs at the Pine Arts that I believe are unique. One is the uh, Generation Citizen Program. Can you tell us a little bit about that program? Sure. Uh, this is something I'm really excited about. So Generation Citizen is a, it's a nonprofit organization and they work with schools in, I think they're up to seven states now, but uh, they work with schools to create these action civics projects. So rather than just learn about civics, the idea is that students will engage in it. I think of it more like a driver's ed course where you don't just learn about driving, you actually get out and do it. A technical high school where you don't just learn about a trade, you actually practice it. And so a couple of years ago, I had gone to a workshop at the Kennedy Institute in Boston and heard about Generation Citizen. I reached out to them as it turned out, they were working with some classes at Lowell High School already. So we were able to bring them into the pine. The, the short version of this is they have a curriculum that you customize. Altogether, it's about 20 lessons. And students first work to identify community issues. We build consensus and, you know, through voting and, and 
discussion. We build consensus around one focus issue, and then we do some research. We have guest speakers come in, and the students create a goal to try to address that issue. You know, we put together, depends on what the issue is, but we put together a plan. And then at the end of this whole program, we have the opportunity to attend Civics Day at the State House. And so I've gone through two of those now. Can you talk a little bit about um, one of the projects that your uh, students have participated in with Generation Citizen, maybe the the last one? Uh, What was the issue? How did that play out? Sure. Um, So basically, it's a, I do this with my eighth graders. And this is going to fit very well into the, the upcoming curriculum changes. There's a, obviously a big change coming for, for social studies K through 12. But eighth grade, I think, is the biggest change. So eighth grade is going to an all civics year. And one of the pieces is that students will participate in an action civics project. You know, it, it again, it was really a game changer for me. And I saw students grow so much during even just the 10 weeks we were working on, a couple of days a week for 10 weeks. I'll just quickly mention the four projects we've done and then highlight one. So my first round, I had two eighth grade classes doing it. And one group worked on creating a student, uh, a citywide student advisory board to try to have some kind of an input on the new Lowell High project, <laughs> which... You know, we were very clear right from the beginning that we were not advocating for a specific location. We wanted to be part of the process, though. You know, we wanted student voice. It's just a great opportunity for the city. And we wanted um, the students, actually, they created the idea. So they wanted to be part of it. We had some city councilors, uh, some school committee members come into the class. We had a great visit with uh, Jeff Foster from UTech. And he came in to talk us, uh, talk to the kids about organizing. So he kind of set us off in the right direction. He was one of our featured guest speakers. Um, and we worked on creating a, student, uh, a citywide student advisory board for that class. Another one worked on uh, getting world language back into middle schools. And the students came up with this idea. You know, they found that I think it's been 17 years since we offered world language in middle school. The eighth grader said, why can other kids in other cities around here have world language in middle school and we can't? And so it was a great question. So we had guest speakers come in. The assistant superintendent, Robin Desmond, gave us a lot of information about budgets and, you know, what that would look like. Uh, We had a student ask straight out for a million dollars to get this program off the ground. And, you know, that was the, the, the numbers we got was that to have two teachers, two world language teachers in each school across the eight or nine middle schools. But uh, of course, that didn't happen. So we came up with an alternative, which was to run a pilot after school club and students could learn Spanish after school. And we had 30 students go through the program this year. So the administration, they, they presented the project to the administration in our school and our principal and, and assistant principal were very supportive of it. And they used some of the school funds to pay for this after school club. The, the other two I'll mention from, from this year, one of them was really a, a heavy topic, but they wanted to address rising teen suicide rates. They came up with this issue and we did some research. We had some guest speakers come in and they found through their research that there's a state budget line item that no funding is really put in to provide this training. You know, there's a, there's a requirement from a, a bill a few years ago that says, or I should say from a law that passed a few years ago, that says that schools should offer this, but there's no funding in there. Uh, students were advocating, you know, they were petitioning elected officials and they had all kinds of research done. They created a PSA to try to increase the budget line item for that, you know, put some money into that. And they were passionate about that. That group actually won a statewide award this past December at the State House for their action on that project. So 
they were writing op-eds. They were really trying to engage elected officials, phone calls, emails. They really f- had a full court press on that. Uh, the last one I'm going to mention here was the another one that was really special was we had a group this year interested in distracted driving. And they see it all, you know, we all see it, right? There's, if you drive down the street, look, look on the highway, you'll see other people texting or, you know, playing with their phones. Uh, the students wanted to address it. And they, they realized that I think there are 15 other states that have hands-free laws. Massachusetts does not have one. But there was a bill that had passed uh, the Senate and it was hung up in a committee, and the House of uh, the House of Reps hadn't passed it yet, so they went all in on this. They started a petition, collected hundreds of signatures of drivers in Lowell. They did a pledge. They had parent. They they uh, set up a table and did some walking around canvassing during open house nights at at the Pine, talking to parents and guardians about the issue, uh, getting adults to sign pledges that they wouldn't text while driving, and uh, you know that. The other thing to to note on this is some of these things don't actually pass, right, which is disappointing. But just the process of learning how to do it, I mean, this is totally different than sitting down, opening a textbook to page 443, reading two pages on citizenship, learning about how other people practice citizenship. I mean, we know from the past that doesn't really work. If, If you look at the numbers, right? It struck me how engaged they are in actual uh, actionable items that will maybe not right away, but will carry into their adulthood. And I I think, you know, one of the things I was nervous about at the beginning was eighth graders, I have a lot of faith in them, but thinking about what kind of issues are we going to address? And at the beginning of this process, the generation citizen process, they come up with 50, 60 different items. They conduct interviews. they, They have all these lists through that consensus building, they always, I, I found that I just have to have faith, right? I just have to trust them. They always come to the right project for their class. It's amazing. Uh, but if, you know, I was going to say, if you look at some of the numbers, I think uh, the, the last presidential election, the, the voter turnout was something like 60% of eligible voters, right? 100 million eligible voters didn't show up at the polls. Statewide, it's like 40% turnout. Citywide, I think Lowell, some neighborhoods are less than 15, 20% turnout. So, you know, that's another point I try to make with students is it's not, you know, it's obviously a very divisive time politically, but apathy is going to kill democracy before any one political party. You know, they have to, we have to engage and that's kind of the focus of this generation. So to teach them, teach them how to do it, give them the tools, and then let them pursue things. And not just vote, but actually the whole other part that, that people overlook is the advocacy. You need to organize. I mean, obviously, you know about this, but you need to organize and need to get out and, and, and advocate for things that you want. You might not always get it, but that's the process. You don't just show up every four years. You pick yourself up and you keep going. Mike, there's another program at your school called the Junior Honor Society. What is that and how did it come to be at the Pine Arts? Sure. Uh, so service is something that I'm, I've always been interested in. I used to volunteer, my wife and I used to volunteer with an organization called Horizons for Homeless Children. And uh, they, they support young homeless children around the state. And there are some shelters here in Lowell that they work with. And for a few years, my wife and I volunteered with them. So that's how I really got hooked on service. Um, prior coming to Lowell, I worked, I, I actually worked at a charter school in Lawrence for about five years. We had a service program there called Start Something. You know, we worked with a lot of or- community organizations in Lawrence and got the kids out of the school doing different things on, you know, weekends and uh, after school club and that sort of thing. And when I 
when I came to the Pine in 2012, that was one of the things I remember we had talked about, uh, even in my interview, was that that's, that's something I really wanted to bring to the Pine. I was really passionate about it. And the administration at the Pine was very supportive. And so we started this this club after school. We actually started, as, as you mentioned, a National Junior Honor Society. Uh, we, we had that title for a couple of years. We, we actually ended up moving away from National Junior for the reason that there, there are different requirements around that. So, you know, aside from paying an annual fee, the one thing that I, I, I didn't really like was there was a minimum grade average that students had to have in order to be in the club. And I, I just felt that that sent the wrong message. You know, there were lots of kids who maybe were struggling academically and they still wanted to do service. They still want to be part of the club. With the National Junior Honor Society designation, they couldn't. And so a few years ago, we dropped that. Although it's a great program, it just wasn't really, I didn't think it was the best fit. And so we changed it. We just made, changed the name to the Pine Arch Service Corps. And we have an after-school club that we run and is very popular. We normally end up with around 30 students. We limit it to seventh and eighth graders. And, you know, we meet uh, once a week. Students come up, we brainstorm different ideas, different projects and opportunities we can address. Kind of, you know, it's different than Generation Citizen. It may sound similar, but we look for partnerships that's been the key for us is looking for partnerships in the community and providing the students, you know, to, to engage in, and also learn from some of these organizations. So just real quick, I, th I think you've heard of some of these, but Katie's Closet is an amazing partner for us. You know, we, we, we do clothing drives at the Pine every year. We actually have a Katie's Closet at the Pine for students who, who need those services. But we do a clothing drive every spring. And I think we're up over now 13,000 articles of clothing we've donated in, in just the past four years. And it's student run. Uh, so Katie's Closet is a big one. We do uh, the Team Walk for Cancer Care in, in May or June with Lowell General. And in the past five years, our team has raised over just over $10,000. And these are, you know, I mean, students collecting dollar here, $5 here, but our communities come together around that issue. Uh, Lowell Parking Conservation Trust is another one. Lowell Historic Board I've worked with in the past. Uh, we worked with the WISH Project. There's just all kinds of different opportunities out there. If somebody's interested in starting a service club at their school, they're you know welcome to, to, to get in touch with me, and I'll be happy to talk about how we, how we do it. Uh, specifically. That's wonderful, Mike. And it's it's uh, a wonderful offer that I hope a lot of other teachers take you up on because the, the service component is something that's so important to teach our kids about. I have a question, Mike. Do you do any training or mentoring for other social studies teachers in the district? Um, well, we, you know, this past year, we talked about creating this vertical alignment team to try to make sure that the K through 12 curriculum is efficient. And Rob DeLosa, who's the chair of the history department at Lowell High, and uh, Marty Cohn, who's the, the coordinator for social studies across the district, and I and some other eighth grade social studies teachers got together in, I think it was back in January. And we, we had our first meeting then. We also had a meeting in June with some of the principals of the middle schools to talk about Generation Citizen, how that might look and pushing that out to other schools. So I have led a workshop for the eighth grade social studies teachers, some of them were there, but about Generation Citizen. And that's something we really hope to do. I think there's already a, a date um, set in September where we're going to try to push this out to other eighth grade teachers across the district. So, you know, in Generation Citizen, it started, uh, it was a grassroots effort. I mean, I, I found it again at 
the Kennedy Institute. Uh, Bill, uh, we call him Mr. Fish, but uh, a teacher over at the Robinson this past year had heard about it. We talked about it and he launched Generation Citizen at the Robinson this year. So we've already now got it in two schools and there are lots of other schools interested. So, you know, it fits perfectly with the new civics curriculum. And I'd love to be a part of that you know, this, this coming year. As a fifth grade teacher, I really noticed, and my, my wife is actually an elementary teacher, that students in elementary schools, they're spending so much time on math and ELA. Um, you know, it's, it's just, um, it's not fair. They're missing out on they, some of the good stuff. They are. And, I, you know, I think back to my own elementary experience and, and the things that really stand out were um, the civics related. I, I went to school in the 80s, but, I, you know, my, my civics program with my third grade teacher stands out and uh, creating these Native American dioramas in fifth grade. You know, that's the stuff I remember. Geography creating town maps in, in sixth grade. And, you know, we're we're... I think we're cheating our kids by not giving them social studies in, in the elementary grades, that it might be easier to expand but or to, to incorporate social studies in elementary schools, you know. Well, we've been talking today with Mike uh, Nagel, and uh, Mike, we'd be remiss in not mentioning that this past spring, you received the Don Salvucci Award for Excellence in Promoting Civic Education from, I believe it's the Mass Association of Social Studies. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and, you know, we want to congratulate you on that and uh, also especially on your program and your commitment to our students here in Lowell and your passion for social studies and civics. Thank you very much. It was an honor to be here. Thank you, Mike. It's been a pleasure today to speak with Pine Arts 7th and 8th grade teacher, social studies teacher, Mike Nagel. More information about Mike's civics curriculum, take a look at the links on our website, utl495-straighttalk.com. Again, we thank you, our listeners, for tuning in to this episode. We welcome your comments and feedback. If you have suggestions for future podcasts, send us an email at utlstraighttalk.com at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Mickey Dumont and Amy Bisson wishing you a great week. Mm -hmm.